Hello and welcome to Here's Johnny's Reviews and part 3 of Mayday Movies. Female superhero movies that is, such as Supergirl, Catwoman, Bob Wire and today's movie, the Daredevil spin-off, Elektra. Often voted as one of the worst superhero movies ever, coming out two years after the mediocre Daredevil. Can Marvel do any better in the solo female superhero stakes than DC can? Well, let's be frank here. Catwoman and Supergirl are low bars to leap over, so that might not be too hard. Can Hollywood figure out how to write a superhero movie without them falling in love? Is this movie better than Daredevil? Could this actually get a high score from me? Mm. Right off the bat, I'm going to say I've never actually saw this movie start to finish. I've only ever caught this on TV and usually halfway through, and I usually turn the station at the first bloody break available, as this movie is kind of painful. So, this will be my honest first-time reaction to this. So, with a budget of $43 million, and this thing pulled in a waffle 24, can Elytra be electrifying? Let's find out. Starring Jennifer Gardner, Goran Visnik, Kirsten Zen, Terence Stam, Will Young Lee, and Kerry Haraki Tawa. Tagawa, even. And I'm sorry if that's pronounced wrong. Directed by Rob Bowman, the plot. After events of Daredevil, a female assassin, known as Electra, kills without mercy for anyone who will hire her. Her latest target is a 13-year-old girl and her dad. Too bad she falls in love with the father and now must defend them against, against even the evil Shadow Empire known as The Hand. And my god, am I getting Turtles flashback with the finger? <coughs> Can she kill the hand and save the girl or is this gonna just going to be a greek tragedy mm. so the movie opens up on a voiceover from blind sensei stick really stick played by terence stamp of superman 2 wall street priscilla queen of the desert and wanted as he tells us the story of good versus evil and quote the one you know standard mystic bullshit here you know mm. we're led to believe he's talking about elytra but I'm not sure here. Speaking of which, we get her big introduction as she takes on hired guns at her latest target, which is a drug lord, slave owner, general bad guy. Who knows? We didn't even get to know his name, which according to IMDb, his name is DeMarco, played by Jason Isaacs. Anyway, Electra, played by Jennifer Gardner of Alias, Daredevil, 13 going on 30, and Love Simon takes out the hired guns with ease using mystical powers of a ninja, because she's a ninja, mind by not an assassin. She kills DeMarco after teleporting around the room and then running him through with one of her sighs. And I've got to say, this fucking sigh is huge. Anyway, I'll get back to that in a second. Oh, I don't get it. She's supposed to be this world's greatest assassin, yet she wears bright red. Really discreet there, love. Anyway, moving on. And what I don't get, if you know you are hunted by an assassin, why would you have only one guard in a room and why would you have your back to the one and only door and there's no other exit in this fucking room, you idiot. Anyway, for the fuck of a wrist, she kills him with a sigh to the back, uh, which goes straight through the chair and him and my god, the sigh must be fucking huge. And yet, no blood. R-rated my ass, can we say PG-13, I don't give a shit what they say in the behind the scenes, there's no chance in hell this is a fucking R-rated movie, aka 15. This is get PG-13 written all over it, aka 12A. 
onto the Hans Bad Guy HQ in downtown Unnamed City, in which, in a boardroom, we meet the Big Bad Roshi, played by Gary Haruku Tagawa, of License to Kill, Rising Sun, Mortal Kombat, a movie I recorded last year, check my archives, and Lost in Space, the Netflix TV show, as he has his number one goon, Kuragi, I guess I pronounced that, played by Will Young Lee of Dying or Day, the Total Recall movie, Total Recall, remake even, Sleeping Dogs, video game, The Wolverine, and Altered Carbon, also a Netflix TV show. As to why they don't have the quote treasure, and sends his corporate goons to get it, ticking off a Kuragi, aka his son, onto Elytra's home as she's deep cleaning to get rid of DNA. Or how about tying your hair back or even cutting it, love? I swear to God, her hair is like mid-shoulder, actually longer than mid-shoulder length. A long hair. They wouldn't this thing be casted all over the bloody place for crying out loud. Anyway, and I swear, in every single slow motion, it's like a bloody shampoo commercial as the hair is blowing all over the place. It's fucking in her eyes. Oh, moving on. In fact, there's a behind-the-scenes stuff which talks about how she learned to use the bow staff and in the training, her hair was in her eyes so much she could actually not see where she was going and she only really remember it is the clicking of the sticks and she done this whole fight scene almost blinded. Anyway, moving on. Elytra, in using her mystical, magical powers to somehow hear a car pulling up from down the street and know he's carrying a gun. It turns out it's McCabe, played by Colin Cunningham of Stargate SG-1, Falling Skies and a Blood Drive, bloody awful TV show that is. Her handler, you know, the one that gives her all her contracts, uh, moving on. He quizzes her as if it was necessary to kill dozens of men. After all, she's only getting paid to kill the one guy. Which is bloody true. Because in the scenes beforehand, DeMarco talks about how she's killed 15, then 30, and then another 15, and then how many she killed on the compound that night before killing him. Was that really necessary? Mm. He gives her a new target with a $2 million bounty on her head and cue Elytra on a boat going to respite because she's burned out, even though she's supposed to be a cold-hearted, ruthless, bloodthirsty assassin. Yeah, moving on. And the bane of this movie, well, one of them anyway, the flashback slash dream sequences, as it shows how Elytra was brought back to life after she was killed in Daredevil um, by Bullseye. But she's brought back with sticks, quote, and magic. Any training montage of her learning how to fight and slow down time, handy that for later, the stick kicks her out because all she knows is, quote, violence and pain. Well, no shit, you're training her to be a fucking assassin for crying out loud. Anyway, moving on. A note, according to the behind the scenes, Gardner actually done all her own fight scenes and stunts. Indeed, there's a part in the movie where she's doing sword fighting and sci fighting much later on in the movie, and she gets her knuckles cut open several times during that fight scene. Anyway, moving on. Wasn't she already trained as an assassin and did it was all what was with all the sandbag scenes? Mm. In her lakeside house, McCabe calls to tell her her target will be there in two days. Get in. On to a weird scene of her placing out all her toiletries and food on a counter in a neat rows, also counting her steps. Therefore, she has OCD, but she doesn't, but she claims later on in the movie, she doesn't know what idea what OCD is. Get in. 
After that weirdness, something for the horny teen boys as Electra goes swimming in the lake, with lots of shots of her boobs and ass. Unnecessarily so, I think. And then a dream of her dad and how he was tough on her as a kid, making her tread water for hours with only using her feet. Writing. Once I was at a flashback, which was all day long, what the she underwater for fucking hours on end? She returns home using her mystical ninja powers. She finds a young girl, Abby Miller, played by Kirsten Zen of Kyle XY. My super psycho sweet 60 movies, which are so bad they're genius, and dig these things out if you can find them. And a Joyride 3, stealing shit from her house, you know, as you do, typical teen shit. Once nailing her to a wall with a Stanley knife, that's a box cutter for my US listeners, she prizes out of her hand her Elytra charm necklace, which she has constantly around her neck, but magically in this scene she doesn't, who kidding? Yet another flashback to young Elytra, played by Laura Ward, while finding her mother dead at the hands of a demon. Okay, what's with the editing in these flashbacks? It's all soft focus and vasocam, and then sped up scenes of well, stuff like the sky and shit. And it's all weirdly coloured, it's all like pastel coloured, it's kind of weird. Anyway, it's 2am and Electra can't sleep, so what to do? Oh I know, one arm pull-ups and general workout montage, because movie? Padding. Hmm. Next morning, during her morning meditation, Electra meets her neighbour and father of Abby, Mark Miller, played by Goran Vishnik of ER, the girl with the dragon tattoo remake, and Timeless. Let me guess, he's the target and his stealing daughter, or rather his kleptomaniac daughter, is the quote treasure, the MacGuffin of this bloody movie. She standoffs and calls to him, so later that afternoon she calls her handler to ask what her target is. And guess what? It's the neighbour. Abby rudely interrupts Electra's soul-searching by looking in mid-space over the lake and asks her over for Christmas dinner. What the fuck? It's Christmas? That came out of the bloody blue. I mean, seriously, the thing's out of the bloody blue. I mean, there's not one Christmas decoration and not one light. I mean, it's Christmas. Who kidding? Also, she's pissed off Electra grasped her to her dad and acts like a spoiled little brat once she's told no because... reasons? That night, over one uncomfortable dinner, Elytra is now in love. It's here we find out the little brat is homeschooled because she's, quote, so smart and super special. Uh, snowflake crap. Yeah, love, you're a kleptomaniac with a chip on your shoulder and an eye-rolling problem, which is really bad for you, and the only cure is a bitch slap over the back of the fucking head, you snot-nosed little punk. After dinner, and once Abby is tucked into bed, Abby's father gives Elytra a drink, but no time for that is a flashback time to young Elytra finding her mother's dead body and taking the Elytra charm necklace from around her neck. So she was named Elytra also then. Hmm. Elytra is then awakened from her sleep by a call from her handler, telling her her target is, yes I've already spoiled it, the neighbour. She kinda knows and is cold towards, also his bratty kid gets on Elytra's nerves. So will she kill then? Hmm. And with that, Electra builds her high-powered crossbow from across the lake. She can't kill these two because she spent a grand total of three hours with. I would have nailed these two idiots to the bloody wall like a fucking over-obsessed teenager with a Justin Bieber poster for fuck's sake. But nope, I'm guessing 
Dry Turkey is a Witcher's one in a weak spot and she spares them. She calls her handler, saying she can't do it and decides to save them from the hand. Off the ferry comes a hit squad and that was quick a few hours later and the hand says a hit squad. Really? My god. As that night, Witcher saves a dumbass Mark who can't see the black clad ninjas all over his property even though they are casting shadows and one is in his bloody eyeline for fuck's sake. Elytra kills them all with ease as they die to get in a puff of green smoke for reasons. Elytra then quizzes Mark as to who he really is, but no time for that as Elytra uses her magic ninja powers to see one of the ninjas going to attack using a dart gun that never seems to be reloaded. So, with the power of Matrix bullet time, Elytra dodges the darts, kicks his ass, and nails him to a wall with another size, but he snaps his own neck and goes up in a puff of green smoke. So much for corporate ninjas then. Back at a Bad Guy HQ, and our introduction to the hand best of the be- best, led by Kuragi, a Typhoid Mary, uh, played by Natasia Malith, I think that's how pronounce her name, of Dead or Alive and a Bloodrain movies. She has a power to kill anything just by touching them or kissing them, or even blowing them with a kiss. Stone, played by Bob Sapp of the Conan the Barbary remake, remake even, who is super strong and has unbreakable skin. No comment there. See my Catwoman review for context. Tattoo, played by Chris Ackerman of Well This, and that's about it, who has the power to bring his tattoos alive to kill and finally Kanuku, played by Edson T. Robera. Oh, well, this and that's about it. He's also a stuntman of movies such as The Eye, Watchmen, etc, etc. His power is to balance stuff. Really? His power is to balance stuff? Okay then. Great power to have there, balancing shit, you know. <laughs> Anywho, Typhoid Mary shows off her powers killing the guy that sent the corporate ninjas. Just by blowing him a kiss, he dies in seconds in agony. On to Stick. Hustling pull for some reason, showing off he doesn't need sight to kick ass as he easily kicks Elytra's ass, making her seem weak, begging for her old master for help, yet she's supposed to be the world's greatest assassin, Kiran, who's supposed to be bloodthirsty and killed hundreds of bloody men. Yet a blind man kicks her ass. Okay, he has mystical powers too, but still, really, it's her movie, he gets to kick her ass within seconds. <laughs> also, within seconds of meeting Mark, uh, this guy gets the truth out of him in, well, as I said, seconds, that the Hand killed his wife and is after their daughter, because the daughter is the treasure. Electra <gasps> storms off, and Abby follows her, whining she must be protected, as it's part of her code, with Electra saying she has no such code, then why didn't you just fucking pin him to a wall like a bloody poster of an obsessed fan, for fuck's sake, I would have nailed that little bitch to the wall. Whiny, stuck up little fucking know all. One of Tattoo's, well, Tats tells him where they are in the form of an eagle, yet he doesn't kill them. What's the point of being an assassin? You don't kill. On the road and on the run, Electra heads to her handler's home as Abby asks why she's an assassin, with Electra telling her because she's good at it. In the handler's home, the handler has choice words for Elytra, but she doesn't listen, instead asking for passports and plane tickets out of the country. Oh no, the eagle has tracked them, because you can't see the fucking huge eagle flying around, for crying out loud. Uh, inside, 
Mark tells Abby they cannot trust Electra. Oh yeah, she saved your ass multiple times and put herself in a fighting line, but you know, she can't be trusted. Hmm. With Abby saying she can't lie to her because she likes her. It's her one true friend. Ugh. No time for this daddy-daughter crap. It's on to the real reason why Elytra couldn't kill them. She sees herself and Abby. With one bad wig later, Abby has gone from blonde hair, I believe, to a brunette and looks a teeny bit like Elytra if you squint. Abby then pouts after Elytra refuses to teach her how to kill. Elytra teaches her how to meditate by using her magic power she can see into the future. Handy that. But of course, Abby just goofs off like a little fucking brat and tries to interrupt Elytra's meditation. Moving on, time for what else? The hero slash anti-hero to fall in love as she kisses her target. Okay then, really Hollywood does this have to be in every superhero movie? It's even in Dark Knight, for fuck's sake. Why can't you just have a superhero movie where a superhero doesn't fall in love? For crying out loud. McCabe wakes Ultra from one of her sleeps uh, because she dreams all the fucking time and tells her the eagle has been hanging around all day, yet he didn't kill it or indeed didn't tell her until the next bloody day. So she uses her mystical powers to see the superpowered hit squad attack. McCabe tells them to head to the woods as he'll hold them off with his double barrel shotgun. And why is it also a double barrel shotgun? Wouldn't a pump action shotgun be better in a scenario? I mean, two bullets and you're fucked. Jesus Christ. Anyway, as Electra runs for it, McCabe is quickly killed after he empties his gun into Stone's chest with no effect as he just brushes off the buckshot. Why would you have buckshot loaded in your shotgun? Kuragi uses his magic mind reading powers on McCabe, letting him know where Electra is, and then beheads him. Again, no blood. So, instead of, oh, I don't know, all attacking at the same bloody time, the hit squad attacks one at a time. First up is Stone, who Electra tries to sneak attack, but she breaks a sigh in his back. So he clubs down a tree. Really? He actually throws a club at a tree and it knocks it down. Okay then. Uh, which Electra runs up the falling tree and using a two pancake stone in which he explodes in green dust. Wait, unbreakable skin that he can be squished like a bug? Okay then. Up next is one of Tattoo's tattoo of a wolf and Kin Kinku who holds Abby at knife point giving Electra time to run through the woods teleporting as she does because that's important she can teleport at fucking well. If she can't teleport to the same spot the exact spot she has to be to, she has to be teleport while running. Pointless. Abby uses her magic bracelet, whoop type thing, to get away. Uh, she kicks King Koo's ass, and her dad just kills him with a knife, which turns him into green dust. Electra sees this and is shocked. Abby then has to deal with the wolf tattoo, which she does by whipping it in the face, and it is then dead because this magical whip is fucking huge and can kill anything. Electra now knows the truth, but no time for that, as Typhoid Mary kisses her, with no doubt tightening the trousers of all the horny teens in doing so. She doesn't die over after a full 30 seconds, yet the guy earlier died from one blowing kiss type thing. Anyway, so like I said, she's kissing Electra for a full 30 seconds, and some arty slow-mo with falling dead leaves. Okay then. Abby takes on Typhoid Mary, but Kuragi 
catches the bracelet, however, sticks white ninjas come down from the tree line and saves all three of them. He and Mary teleport, leaving Stick to bring Elytra back from the brink of death again. Uh, not before another dream of the demonic ninja killing her mother. For fuck's sake, many fucking dream sequences that bloody thing go. I swear to God, it's another dream sequence. It's a slow motion sequence, for fuck's sake. Now at Stick's training compound, Abby is trained to be a weapon. Okay then, Electra is pissed at Stick dragged into this fight between them and the hand, and all he does is tell her Abby is the quote treasure and not her. Shock, horror, I know. Mm. So wait a minute here. Stick hired Electra to kill Abby and her father for a two million two million dollar bounty on her head, and banked on the fact that Electra couldn't do it. Isn't Electra supposed to be this cold-hearted killer that has killed dozens of people for less money than that? That was some gamble there, Stick. In the very next scene, Abby has stolen Electra's size, but no time for that. It is time for a mother-daughter talk. Wait, what? And again, Abby doesn't listen, she just mocks Electra, and then the two fight. But Electra blocks all the hits and chokes her out until she sees fear in Abby's eyes and just lets her go, because reasons? Later at night, Electra heads off into the woods, where she uses her mystical power to talk to Kuragi via some sort of mind trick thing, with a tumor, I don't know, talking and using the force, I mean, how very Last Jedi here, telling him it's one-on-one -on -one with no outside help, winner takes all. Next day at the Nachos Estate, complete with a grass maze, Elytra takes on Kuragi, but not before killing all the hands and ninjas. So much for one-on-one -on -one then. And cue some terrible CGI, as flying white sheets, you know, she's a look of the Ghostbusters, as Kuragi attacks, somehow using his magical powers to control falling sheets. Mm. So he can not only read minds, project himself, is a master swordsman, he is now telepathic and can teleport at will. Okay then, but oh no! Turns out he was one that killed Electra's mother, and wouldn't that mean he'd be much, much older? Instead of killing Electra just then and there, he teleports out of the place, tangling her up in the sheets, because... movie? I mean, Anna just run through with a sword. He seems to be cold-hearted enough any other time, but this time, no, we can't have that, because she's the bloody lead. Uh, as he was about to cut Electra's head off, Abby comes in to save her, but one sonic boom kick later from him sends Electra and her flying backwards, because... movie? Abby faces off against Kuragi, with her whip bracelet, but he shows off his teleporting skills, so Electra runs up the stairs in some awful slow-mo wire work and pulls her to safety. My god, that is one strong whip. Both escape into the grass maze, and it's now night. Just how long was he controlling the bloody sheets for? Because at the start of the scene, it was morning. At the end of it, it's pitch dark. Right then. Up next is Tattoo, with heat-seeking snake tattoos, which... Uh, chase Elytra and Abby deep into the grass maze and quickly capture Abby by smothering her. Elytra just walks up to Tattoo, rips his jaw off and just walks off. Up next is Typhoid Mary who attacks Abby after the snakes all just let her go and just die. Abby holds her off with her whip until she till Typhoid Mary catches her and turns her to rust saying she was once the treasure and doesn't like to be replaced. It's round two for Electra and Kuragi. 
In the middle of the maze, next to a well, quick jump cuts and firework later, Electra loses a sight, and just how many of these fucking sides does she have? About 25? One flying dropkick sends Electra into another flashback, giving her the strength to quick kill him as he teleports. Down the well into dust he goes, and next is Typhoid Mary. With one really well timed and really well thrown sight, she's turned to dust. I mean, really, Elytra is in the centre of this fucking maze and kills Typhoid Mary at the start of the maze. If she could kill this easily, why not kill Bullseye with this fucking ease? Elytra carries Abby's dead body uh, back to the house because Typhoid Mary blew on her, apparently. And uses her mystical, magical powers to bring her back to life. But she doesn't have to use this bloody thing because she got kicked out long before she could learn to use this force stuff. I mean... Uh, Elytra is now Abby's stepmother, and she and Mark are married. Uh, no. Stick shows up to give Elytra wise words as she walks into the sunset as credits finally roll. So, that was Elytra. What can I say about this? It makes no bloody sense. Elytra and her enemies act like X-Men mutants with weird and unique special powers. The wirework is extreme, the CGI is poor, the script is a fucking mess, and this goddamn slow motion is out of control. Plus, Gardner looks like she'd rather be anywhere else yet on this set, as she did indeed say. The only reason why she did this movie was a contract obligation from Daredevil. Also, she's almost always shot of her hair blowing in the wind. Who is she, Beyonce? This is a mess of a movie, and it killed the Daredevil franchise until Netflix picked up 12 years later. I'm going to give this thing two sighs out of ten. Come back next week for Barb Wire. Let's see if the indies can do much better. June is Iron Man, July is Captain America, August and September is Superman, and October is House Halloween. My look at the House franchise. Don't forget to share, like, comment and subscribe. Also follow me on Twitter at Here's Johnny's Pod or email me with suggestions to Here's Johnny's Reviews at gmail.com. And if you're feeling extremely generous, check out my Patreon podcast for just $1 a month. You get exclusive podcasts which are unscripted, uncut and unedited. And these things are well over an hour long. I covered Beetlejuice and Tank Girl. Feeling that? Check out my franchise podcast of Star Wars, Final Destination, Mad Max, Omen, and many more. Also, check out my solo podcast of Batman and Robin, The Fog, Donnie Darko, Rocky Horror Picture Show, and many, many more. Now, bye bye, and let's hope time can fix all these tears and fears because this movie was terrible and hurt my bloody ears. Well, eyes technically, but ears run better with fears. Moving on, John, just cut this bit already. Bye bye.